Um, Wednesday night, we have a fun time on Wednesday night. We really do. We really, really have a good time. It's very informal. Uh, it's very um, conversational. And um, we're, we're actually secretly trying to turn Wednesday night into a light group. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, this Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday, because there's always a question of should we have uh, uh, service, the, you know, the night before Thanksgiving, people are busy. And it's like every year I go, ah, I don't know. And every year it's just such a blessing. And so this year we decided uh, to um, have food. So it's not going to be like a full-on Thanksgiving meal, but we are going to have like soup and salad and some fun stuff like that. And so if you want to come and hang out, we're going to be doing a little message, a short message, and, um, and, uh, and then sharing some, uh, some, you know, breaking bread with one another. Uh, and breaking soup and, and, and fellowshipping and having a good time. So Wednesday night, 6.30, we'll be here. We'll worship the Lord and we'll, uh, we'll have some food. We have some soup, right? Soup, yeah, right on. Amen. Just double-checking right there. I see a witness. Anyone else? Do I see bread? Oh, I see bread back there. Yes, yes, I see. All right, good. Yeah, bread maker. Oh, hey, see, see, look at this. Lewis, yeah. All right, you going to play on the trumpet on Wednesday night, Lewis? Very nice. Amazing Grace or something like that. Look at all the volunteers just... Rising up to the occasion. So we'll be here. And uh, anyway, I wanted to mention that. Also, out in the lobby, there are uh, sign-ups for our play. So those of you who, um, uh, you know, w- want to be a part of our, our little Christmas production that we're doing, we'll b- be doing that on Christmas Eve. So you are, uh, um, you know, consider yourself recruited. You know, we need stage people, light people. It's, it's not a massive production. It won't be angels floating through the ceiling. But it'll be good, and it's always really cool. And so there's a sign-up out there. And um, if you want to be a part of that. And you know, with that, let's all stand up, shall we? Uh, well, you know, I went to the um, Convoy of Hope yesterday. I don't know if anybody here went to the Convoy. You guys were there? Okay, Lewis was there. Yeah, you know what? All I can say is, wow. It was, it was uh, um, over at the Champion Center. And I mean, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And it's this massive outreach that, that they did. And uh, I tell you, it was impressive. I, it, it was. And uh, I, I like what, you know, right, th- there was one, one way out. And then there was a, um, uh, you know, where the turkeys and stuff. And you go into the gym, get the turkeys and all that. And right next to that was the prayer tent. That was a prayer tent. And I just kind of thought, yeah, that's cool. You know, and so a lot of people receiving prayer. And uh, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of God conversations going on. And so it was uh, it was just fantastic. I, was, I, I wasn't there long, but I was just blessed to be there. But anyway, um, so we enter the season of Thanksgiving, right? Uh, and um, it's a time to uh, uh, reflect. Uh, we call it the holiday season, the start of the holiday season. But, you know, really, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And I was thinking about this day today, this Sunday. And, you know, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year uh, because we will take this time uh, to talk about Thanksgiving in the Bible and, and what that means. And, and I don't know, it's just something that I, I just really enjoy and, uh, because I want to be a thankful person, right? I want to be thankful in all things. I want to I learn that principle, but it's not always easy, right? Okay, just me, all right. Uh, you guys are all got that one down. Okay, good. Uh, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for, uh, you know, just, man, this amazing weather that we're having in this um, this great church family, uh, and I guess those are kind of like, um, uh, what is it, oxymorons? Those are two, the same thing. Church and family are the same thing. But we thank you for what we have, and we thank you for one another, and we thank you for your word. And we ask that it would speak to us this morning 
Uh, give us ears to hear what you want to say. Teach us by your Holy Spirit, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would, please. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Everybody say Thanksgiving. And everybody say hard times. Thanksgiving and hard times. Let's close in prayer. That's, uh, that's it right there. That's all we need to know. Okay, the two go together, don't they? Uh, they're, they're sort of companions, and they have been, at least in our nation, ever since 1621. All right? The pilgrims of 1621 held their first Thanksgiving feast. The previous winter had been uh, one of brutal adversity. Uh, because of weather, because of disease, uh, sickness, and whatnot, uh, many of them died, including women and children. Okay, So the following proclamation was made by Governor Bradford in 1623, three years after the pilgrims had settled at Plymouth. This is what he said. Uh, so it's, there's a little King James in here, so you've got to bear with me, all right? Uh, to all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, squashes, garden vegetables, and has made the forest abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us from the raids of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of nine and twelve in the daytime on Thursday, November ye 29th of the year of our Lord, one thousand. 623, and the year, uh, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. Amen. Yeah, the, the man said, y'all going to have a three-hour thanksgiving message, all right? And we're going to get, I mean, that's, that's awesome. But you understand that the, that, that attitude was forged during a time of great difficulty, right, that they had just come through. In the same way George Washington issued his first proclamation of Thanksgiving at a time when Americans didn't even know if this, this experiment of the republic was even really going to work. But he said, we need to, give, we need to be thankful right now, okay? Um, as states uh, 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 in the Union slowly began to recognize a, a, a Thanksgiving holiday in late November, uh, the new nation, as we were growing, continued to enjoy, uh, employ prayers to the Almighty to address times of adversity interlaced with their thanksgiving. President Lincoln in uh, uh, 1863, in his Thanksgiving proclamation, acknowledged a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity. And so this Thursday, we set apart the day, we call it Thanksgiving, and a lot of uh, food be eaten, a lot of family, hopefully, will be uh, joined together. By the way, th if you don't have a, a church, uh, I mean, a family that you'll be having some, some, some dinner with, come with us Thursday night. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll celebrate that together. We don't want you to be by yourself. And you know, there's nothing wrong with having a day out of the year and, and really set, you know, looking back and being thankful for all that God has done. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay uh, to, to set that aside and... Um, uh, but the Bible tells us a little bit something different about Thanksgiving. You may or may not be aware of that. Uh, in the Bible, Thanksgiving is not a, a, a day or a season, but it is a way of life. It is an attitude 
of gratitude and thanks that Christians are to have kind of all the time. All the time is what it says. And we'll, we'll look at what that says. And the Greek verb is mentioned 39 times in the New Testament and all but once does it have to, every time except one, it has to do with being thankful for who God is and the things that God has done. So let me give you some examples. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Paul mentions those who have rejected God, and this is what he says about them, because having known God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became vain in their reasonings, and their heart without understanding was darkened, according to uh, the Weiss literal translation. Okay, they knew about God, uh, but they weren't thankful uh, uh, to Him. Uh, they failed to glorify God for being God, uh, and they, they were not thankful to him for being God. So they failed to give glory to God for being God, not for anything he had done yet, but for just who he is. And, and then uh, they were not thankful uh, uh, to him. And so here's the first sort of point this morning. Being thankful then, as expressed in the New Testament, is described as an expression of gratitude to God for being God. God, we are thankful to you for who you are, not for what you've done, and we could go on and on and on about what you're going to do and what you have done, but just for who you are. Now, Ephesians chapter 19, verse 20, two flagship scriptures, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, and 1 Thessalonians 5, which, by the way, I think we, are we done with 1 Thessalonians? Yeah, we're done with 1 Thessalonians Wednesday night, and so we'll do, we'll do our meal next, this coming Wednesday, and the following Wednesday, we'll have prayer and pray, you know, fasting and prayer. And then after that, we'll start 2 Thessalonians, so good stuff. But it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, be joyful. Can we read this together? Let's go. Be joyful always, pray continually in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, so Paul's main theme here, a couple of key words, he says praise, he says thanksgiving, he says joy. He says prayer, and he gives us a little bit more information on, 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 on that. He says, always, everything, continually, and in all circumstances. Praise, thanksgiving, joy, prayer, always, everything, continually, and in all circumstances. And it almost sounds like Paul is speaking about a church get-together here, but, that, uh, but that's, it's really not. Uh, he says, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart. Um, he, he's talking about a continual attitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of the heart, and really talking about how we should be towards one another. Okay, we should have that attitude for each other. But um, now, I guess the question, the big question is, is that, how can we have this attitude continually, using some of Paul's words, always, be joyful, always? How can we have this attitude continually? How can we have this attitude in all circumstances? Well, one of the things that I believe is key to that, we'll talk about a few this morning, is that we have to have the proper perspective. Uh, we'll call it a, a Thanksgiving perspective, and that's the message this morning. Is, is a thanksgiving perspective. Here's a little letter that I would love to read. Uh, um, 
It has to do with perspective. A young lady was riding home from college to her mom, and she goes, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written you sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it and my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for only a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. And he's been so nice. I must admit that I'm pregnant. Paul and I want to get married just as soon as he gets his divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine and will write you when I get the chance. Love your daughter. And then she says, P.S., none of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and flunk chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in the proper perspective. I love that. I mean, I, I, context, perspective. <laughs> uh, see, I don't even think I would have got to the end of this letter. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wouldn't have got it. In all circumstances, we need a proper perspective of our circumstances and of our God. Okay? Only then we'll be able to give thanks to the Lord always. The Greek term conveys the understanding that the giving of thanks is a response to the grace of the Lord, not something that one tries to practice through human effort. So thanksgiving is a response to God's grace. We give thanks, the Greek word, in response to His grace, which is first ministered to us. And that word embodies the same understanding given in John 1, 4, 19, that says, we ourselves love him because he first loved us. God loves and gives grace first, and then we respond with love and with thanksgiving. We know that the more we're exposed to God's love, the more that we love him in return. And that's same for being exposed to God's grace. The more we're exposed to his grace upon us, the more we give thanks in return. God pours out his grace upon us, and as a result of that, we are thankful, and we grow in our love for him. So let me ask you this question. This is a little, little snapshot of Wednesday night interaction. What keeps us from being thankful? Show of hands, please. There are no wrong answers. Yes, sir. What keeps us from being thankful? Pride. That's a good one. That's like the first one on my list. Keep going. Yeah. Unforgiveness. Ooh, yeah, that'll hold you back. What else? Ignorance. Just like you just, just you're Kind of ignorant to that fact. What else? Stress. Yeah, boy. Whoo, you get so stressful, you don't even think about offering thanks. Yep. What's that? Resentment. Yep. What else? Jealousy. Jealousy. Right. Okay. What else? Focusing on the like a critical heart or a critical spirit or just negativity. Like no matter what, there's always like, well... Yeah, that was okay, but it's like, no, do you always have to? Some people just like, they live there, right? They live on that block. And no matter what it is, it's like, you know, something really good could happen, and then that person walks in, and they go, okay, where's the negative? Because that's kind of all they see, right? Some people are like that, and there are reasons. But anyway, go ahead. What else? Attitude. Attitude, yeah. What else? Keeps us from being thankful. Guilt. 
I just, I can't get there. Yep. Fear. Fear. Wow. You guys are good. Now, I think I'm going to sit here next Sunday and you guys will come up here. The whole stage, all, everybody. All of you. Wow. That's good. I wrote down a couple of things, and some of those things you guys have, have already mentioned. It's pride, right? Remember when you're prideful, you're not too thankful because the world revolves around you, and it's all about you, and it's like, hey, man, nobody, get, nobody gave me anything, okay? I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I work as hard as I do, right? Because nobody, yeah, you know, it's like, man, you're so prideful, yeah? Um, we often feel that there's no one to thank but ourselves, there's an example in Acts chapter 12, verse 21. It says, when the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robe, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. And the people gave him a great ovation, shouting, it's the voice of a god and not a man. Ah, he's a god, and he's Herod's breathing it all in. Yes, yes, you know, doing the appropriate wave and everything. And then it kind of shifts gears and says, instantly an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Ew. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread, and there were many new believers. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. You want to see, fa- see an evangelistic outreach where someone gets, yeah. I, 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 wow. Pride, right? You know, critical spirit, we mentioned that. A constant complaining. How about um, uh, carelessness, just carelessness or forgetfulness? Someone once said that if the stars only came out once a year, we'd stay up all night to watch them. But because they come up every night, we're accustomed to seeing them. And maybe not so much for us in the city, but as you get out of the city, you know, and you, wow, right? Uh, carelessness, you know? Remember the, was it, was it? Blind men? No, it was a blind men that Jesus healed. There were ten. Or that wasn't lepers, right? It was a blind men, and 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 only one came back. Lepers. Okay, thanks. And and only one came back. You know, and and maybe the other nine doesn't mean that the nine were were maybe they were just so excited. Boy, man, I, I've I've done that. Man, I've 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 seen God, you know, just show up. And I was so excited about it, I never bothered to say, oh, hey, hey thanks. <laughs> thanks, God. I, I just, I don't know, carelessness, I don't know. <clears throat> How about this, a fourth attitude, and some of those ones you mentioned are great, but an- another one that we can add to that is we forget where our blessings come from. We just kind of forget where, where, our, where our blessings come from, like the ability to breathe. Ability to, to, to walk, you know, and you don't really think about those things. Someone mentioned the other day, talked to me, they just, you know, we take for granted just being able to get up out of a chair. I think, boy, isn't that true? Until you can't get up. It's like, oh, you know, as my mother's life was coming to a close, you know, boy, we're thankful for everything we could, we could, that she could still do. We were thankful for for, you know, and you start to break it down, like a simple thing like getting up. Okay, okay, she, she, she can't get up anymore, which turned out to be a good thing because <laughs> she would get up and walk around where she wasn't supposed to be, you know. It's like, Mom, stop doing that. Oh, I know, I know. You know, I'm German, right? What are you going to do? Well, forget it. The 84-year-old German, you ain't going to tell her nothing, nothing. But, but we're thankful for 
the little things, okay, she can, she, can, she can still hold her weight. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, she needs a walker. Okay, well, good, but look, she can, you know, we go from, you know, holding, holding back here just, just to steady and, and then, you know, then hold. And, and, but you're thankful for, okay, at least she can get up, you know. And when you, when you don't have those things anymore, then you go, ooh, wow, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the, you know, the, everybody stand up. All of I think everybody here can stand, stand up. If you can, I, th I think we all can. Hey, we ought to be thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, wow. <laughs> Amen. Hey, okay, you may be seated. Hey, thank you, Jesus. We're able to sit down, too. We didn't miss the seat. Whoa, you know, right? I, I'm not being facetious at all. I'm not. I'm not joking here. I'm serious. You know, woo, right? Okay, so forgetting where our blessings come from. Okay, a Rudyard Kipling, the great writer and poet. Unlike many uh, writers in his era, he was able to see the financial blessings and the opportunity that, that were opened up because of what he did. He made a great deal of money. One time a news reporter came to him and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writing amounts to over a hundred dollars a word. Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and says, really? I wasn't aware of that. And so the reporter reached down in his pocket, pulled out a hundred dollar bill and gave it to Kipling and said, here's a hundred dollar bill, Mr. Kipling. Now, now you give me one of your hundred dollar words. And Kipling looked at the hundred dollar bill for a moment, took it, folded it up and put it in his pocket and said, thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, thanks is is a million is more than a hundred dollar word. It's probably more like a million dollar word, isn't it? I mean, it's a uh, it's a powerful word. Um, <clears throat> it's a word that we should savor each day. We did a teaching a few weeks ago about uh, unrealistic and unbiblical expectations. And I think that's another attitude that keeps us from being thankful is our expectations, expectations of God and expectations of one another. All right. Um, and so uh, our our Thanksgiving should also include the tough stuff of life. Everybody say amen. OK, OK. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Everybody say all. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 5.20 says, always giving thanks for every circumstance. And maybe, you know, you kind of read that and think, okay, Paul, you, Paul I, I, I don't know what Paul was thinking about right now. I don't know. How, how do you do that? Um, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that was a mistake. I mean, maybe Paul wasn't. I mean, how can you do that, right? Well, and, you know, and Paul suffered from his own difficulties. Uh, I mean, Paul suffered with great, great hardship. You know, there was, because of the things that he had experienced, he received what he called a thorn in his flesh. That's what, he, we don't know what it was, you know. Some say blindness, some say some sickness or whatever. Whatever it was, it was a difficult thing, okay? Um, uh, our response of giving thanks to the Lord is based upon experiencing the sufficiency of His grace being ministered to us. 
the sufficiency of His grace. There's a, when you look up the Greek words, which is the New Testament was written in Greek, you look up the Greek words, um, one of the words for thanks, it, it comes from the root word of grace. One of the, 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 root, the, the words for thanks comes from the root word for grace. And so our response of giving thanks to the Lord is based upon experiencing the sufficiency of His grace being ministered to us. We see the sufficiency of God's grace being poured out upon Paul when Paul says he prayed three times to have this thorn removed and the Lord says, my grace, and that word is, is you can, thanks, it, my grace is sufficient for you. So, my, so in, in, as my grace is poured out on you, grace is the natural response. Uh, Paul says, sufficient grace for every occasion, even the most difficult ones. Paul the Apostle knew a thing or two about this. He was run out of town. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was imprisoned. He was betrayed by his friends. He was naked. He was cold. He was hungry. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned because of his faith. Uh, there were times that he was being worshipped as a god, and 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 by the time and the, by the next verse, there's wanting to stone him. Uh, uh, he he went from dungeons to palaces as you read through the book of Acts. It's amazing the different uh, scenarios that he finds himself in, and, and so uh, he he certainly knew a thing or two about these difficulties. Now now let me just say this because this is huge. Okay, when we talk about you know giving thanks. In all circumstances, and always giving thanks, this is a big thing to get. This doesn't mean that, that all of these things are okay, okay? It, it, to, to be thankful in something doesn't necessarily mean you have to be thankful for the situation. Because sometimes, I think, I think we, you know, we tell people, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear this tragedy in your life. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Be thankful. And it's like, you know what? I'm not thankful right now. And, and you know what? This is the only reason you're saying that is because you're not in my shoes. And if you were in my shoes, you wouldn't be saying maybe what you're saying. This is not easy. This is incredibly difficult. And maybe I'm having a hard time being thankful for it, but... We can learn to be thankful in it. Ah, ah, it's important to know that. Because sometimes we think that, that no matter how horrific it was, we're supposed to think it was okay. And, you know, there are things that are not okay. And there are things that, that God's not happy about. And there are things that, 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 that aren't good. I mean, these things that happened to Paul, they're not good. Our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted for the faith, and losing, that's not good. And you know what? God's not okay with that. He's not. But they're learning and they're growing. And we grow in those things. And we're, and we're, we're able to be thankful in those things. So that's an important point to know. Paul wasn't some sort of emotionally disturbed guy who enjoyed looking forward to beatings and stonings and shipwrecks and all that stuff. He wasn't some thrill seeker. No, no. So giving thanks in does not mean that we give thanks for everything. You got that? It's important to know. I hate this situation. 
but I've learned to be thankful in it. Okay. Proper perspective. Proper balance, right? It's important to know that. Uh, Paul said several things that show us he had a proper perspective for these burdens. He says in Romans Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory uh, that will be revealed in us. 2 Corinthians 12, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay? Now I want you to know, brothers, Philippians 1.12, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What happened to him? Suffering. The Philippian jailer was ready to take his life because, uh, 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 because an earthquake freed his prisoners. But what saved him was an attitude that Peter and, and uh, uh, Paul and, and Silas had. They were singing and praising God even though they were in chains. They knew God and that he would help them through that. And because of their joy, that Christian, that, that Philippian jailer and his whole household came to know the Lord. So there was an experiment done in New York City, Central Park, where an advertising firm dressed up a, a man as a blind man, put a cup in his hand to collect money, and he put a sign around his neck that said, I'm blind. On that day, he collected $4. The next day, they dressed him the same way, placed him in the same place, but changed the sign, and, and it said, it's spring, and I'm blind. And on that day, he collected $40. Um, the people seemingly realized how blessed they were to be able to see the flowers and the, hear the birds and the trees and the sunrise and the sunset. The more we see Christ, the more we should be growing in our thankfulness. Okay? Now, two last things. Our, thank, our thanksgiving is expected. Christian, it's expected. I didn't say we'd be perfect in it. Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's, it's, this is, what's God's will for my life? To be thankful. That's one, that's one thing we, we know. That's what it says. Okay? Um, it's a mark of a, of a growing, a growing Christian. Um, it's a mark of maturity to be thankful in all things. Second Corinthians 4 says this, 4.16, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Wow. Sometimes you have to fix your eyes on the unseen to offer thanksgiving because you can't see what's going on. Hey, I want to read a scripture verse to you in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 if you want to turn your, turn your Bibles there. Here's what it, it says. Um, it's the story of a man named Jehoshaphat, and there's a great army of um, Ammonites and Moabites uh, that, are, that, are, that are gathered to make war against Jehoshaphat. The army is called a great multitude... And, and that's a lot of people, uh, more than what you have, right? We don't read that Jehoshaphat's army was a great multitude because it says in Second Chronicles 20, verse 3, and Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his heart, uh, his, his uh, attention to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah, okay? So it's a dire situation. 
uh, if God doesn't show up, they're going to be annihilated. That's what's going to happen. They can't win this fight. They cannot win it, all right? It's important to understand that, all right? They are they're outgunned. And, and so it, it goes on. Um, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat prays to the Lord. He says, we're powerless for this great multitude coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Judah is standing before the Lord with their infants, verse 13, their, their wives and their children. And in the midst of that, a prophet steps up and he gets a word from the Lord, verse 15. Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, do not fear, be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And he gives them a battle plan that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But he says, verse 17, you need not fight this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. <laughs> Woo! It's a great multitude coming against us. All right. Everyone's excited. Everyone's all fired up. Could you run this battle plan again? You need not fight this battle, but station yourselves. And if we station ourselves, won't the enemy see us? But we're not going to fight. Okay, stay, stay. Aha, here we are. <laughs> we're stationed. That, we're, that's it. Okay. Don't fear. Be dismayed. All right. Jehoshaphat bows his head with his face to the ground. There's a worship service. The Levites and everybody praises the Lord. They're fired up. There's a loud voice. Verse 20 says they rose early in the morning and they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me. O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established Put your trust in, in his prophets and you will succeed. Okay. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him, the worship team. All right, we are going to meet the enemy. We are outnumbered. If God doesn't show up, we're all going to die. <laughs> now, Pete, I want you to get the worship band, trumpets. I don't know how you're going to carry that, but we got to have it. And you lead the way. Okay, that was the battle plan. Those who praised him in holy attire, and they went out before the army and gave thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Folks, if you don't get anything this morning, get that sentence right there. Just get that. It, they went out before the, the army and said, give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when, everybody say when, when they began singing and praising, it says in verse 22, the Lord said ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. The sons of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Mount Seir, they destroyed each other. 
and they had this great victory. And verse 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came and took their spoil, they found among them, including goods, garments, valuable things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Okay. Okay. So... This army experienced victory because of thanksgiving. They thanked the Lord, and they sang songs, and they had the victory. God set the ambush. So, so, so maybe when an army comes against me, oh, man, and I don't know what to do, but Lord, my eyes are on you. I'm going to sing some worship songs and I'm going to be thankful. Someone could look at that and say, that's stupid. You better prepare a battle plan. I submit to you that if they prepared a battle plan, they would have been slaughtered. <laughs> because God set the ambush. So, Thanksgiving brings about a victory before the victory because it's an attitude. My circumstance hasn't changed. Their circumstance hadn't changed at all, but they offered up thanksgiving before the battle. And when they began to sing with a heart of thanksgiving, God secured them the victory. And I want you to notice something else. They had so much spoil, it took them three days. Three days. I mean, I think that's hilarious. I think, they, I think they, they got geared up. I mean, they had so much stuff. I, I just think there's a principle there about thanksgiving and praise in advance to have the... I think, I think when we have that attitude, we have the victory, no matter what happens. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. Because of our... Is that cool? Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. You don't have the victory. Ha, ha, ha. I have it in my heart. And I've trusted my God and that whatever the outcome is, I have the victory. Whew. Wow. That gives us another perspective on Thanksgiving, yeah? May we be a people that are thankful. Let's all stand, shall we? Thanksgiving could be the key to victory. <clears throat> Lord, we're thankful for all things. We're thankful in all things. There are people in this place that could te give testimony all day long about how you have walked with them in the valley of the shadow of death. How you have provided for them when there was no other provision, how you have given them the victory when there's no way they should have won. <laughs> so, Lord, we're thankful for the big things, and we want to be thankful for the small things. So, God, um, would you give us that heart and give us that faith? Put a new song in our heart, O oh God. Help us to see things differently. 
And Lord, for anyone here who doesn't know you personally, they don't know that you're a good God. They don't know that in, in you we live and move and have our being, that, we're, we, that, that our breath is in your hand. Take one breath away from us and we'll notice it. <laughs> God, we, we pray for anyone here who doesn't know you, God, that you would open their hearts and their minds to your love and your grace and your mercy because it's your kindness that leads us to repentance and relationship with you. Lord, secure folks in this place who don't know you. Draw them to you. And we say thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done, for all that you will do, and for who you are in our lives. And we owe that all to you. And we ask all these things in your precious name, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen.